Welcome to another episode of Blessed is She That Believe. Season one, episode two. I'm titling this, You Are More Than You Believe. And the reason why I say that is because so many times we get stuck into the idea and the, um, I guess the boundaries of what people put on us their expectations for us and our expectations for ourselves instead of looking unto Jesus Christ, our author and finisher of our faith. And when we do that, we not only limit what the Lord wants to do in our lives, we also limit what we see ourselves or who we see ourselves as. And the Bible clearly states that we are more than conquerors. We are a chosen generation. We are a peculiar treasure, a royal priesthood. And I want to start with, um, first, I want to start with prayer. That's what I need to start with. Because I feel like, you know, we just jump right into stuff and we're not asking the Lord to bless it. So I guess we should do that. (laughs) I mean, it just makes sense. Um, Pray before you read your scripture, read your Bible. Um, because that's what you should do when you pray, you're opening yourself up to the Lord to speak to you clearly versus going in your own strength. And a lot of times we just go on our own strength and we don't need to do that at all. So, um, with that being said, let's go to the father and ask him to bless this podcast and to, um, reveal and to show whatever it is that you need to see as an individual person. I know there are a lot of people who are listening to this. So the Holy Spirit works by um, your need. And like the Holy Spirit can give you a message, but give somebody else a different message from the same message. If you know it, if you understand that, like when you're in church, the pastor is one person preaching one message, but Everyone receives something different. That's how the Holy Spirit works. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now for this time. Thank you, Father God, for allowing your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father God, just uh, open our eyes so we may behold wondrous things out of your law. We thank you for this time, Father. Bless the hearts and minds of everyone who is listening to this podcast, Father God. Just free them from every distraction, every thought that is not of you. We cast it down in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the scripture I want to start with is from Judges chapter 6. And we're going to start at verse 11. I use King James Version. I will use the message version because it's hood. Okay. Message version is straight up thug. And Amplified Version. I love those two versions of the Bible, but King James is my favorite. And throughout this podcast, you'll see why. Remember, I'm an English teacher, so it's kind of like words are my thing, okay? So verse 11 um, says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, the Abizarite. Abezerite. We're just going to say Abezerite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. There's so much to unpack there, and I'm not going to hold y'all up. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am not a preacher. Okay. I am not a pulpit minister. Um, but we're going to start here with Gideon. Gideon, we see him in verse 11. He is threshing wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. How many of you are hiding something precious from people because you don't want them to see it? Because you already know what kind of people they are. Isn't that crazy? We will hang out with people that we know are dangerous. We know can do some damage to what we're carrying, but we still are around them. We still allow them to have proximity to us. Why do we do that? Not saying Gideon was buddy, buddy with the Midianites, but they were in proximity and he had to hide that wheat, that's why he was by the wine press, because you clearly don't thresh wheat with the wine press. That wheat was precious to him. So he had to do whatever he could to hide it, to throw the Midianites off. If you have to hide it, then maybe you need to re-examine your relationships. Just saying. So that's one thing. But before, like, even before that, when we see the angel of the Lord, um, in the King James Version, when they put angel of the Lord and um, they use Lord in all uh, caps like that, it's what we call a Christophany. And Christophany is an appearance of Christ. Um, many times in the Old Testament, see, this is, I'm not going to go into all of this, but there are a lot of people who don't believe in reading the Old Testament of the Bible. And I'm going to tell you, the Old Testament blesses me so much. I don't, I can't even get out of the old Testament. I've been in the old Testament for like two years because it's just so much stuff in the old Testament. You can't even, I, I don't even understand how people want to cut that out. If you are cutting out portions of the Bible, I highly advise you to stop doing that because if you go over to revelation, um, it clearly says that anybody who takes anything out, <laughs> you leave it out on purpose. You know, um, he's going to leave you out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name is going to be out of that. Uh, um, but, you know, you check that for yourself, you know. And you could say it means something else. But, oh, okay, well, I don't want to find out. That's something I don't want to mess around and find out, okay? Um, I'm just going to do what the Word of God says. And I'm not going to leave portions of the Bible out. I'm not going to just ignore things because it's convenient for me to continue with my sin. But that's another story for another day. Um... Anyway, this is an appearance of Jesus, okay? Because remember, God can't 
he can't be around sin. And everybody on the earth, last time I checked, is sinners. We're sinners. Um, sinners saved by grace, but nevertheless sinners. So we can't be in his presence with sin. So this is Jesus before we knew him as Jesus. He was an angel of the Lord. And it, it says that he sat under an oak. So he was watching him. And all I think about is the um, biblical account in the New Testament where Jesus was in the temple. And he was in the temple for a while. Nobody even knew it was him. He was in the temple and he was just watching people. He was watching people in the temple. He likes to watch us. He watches us. He watches over us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is watching you right now. While you do your job, while you're at home watching TV, while you're doing whatever it is that you're doing, he watches. Knowing that he watches me gives me comfort. And it also holds me accountable to the things that I'm doing. Sometimes I mess up. I mean, I, I mess up. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm human, but I don't use that as an excuse to sin. It's just that I know that it holds me accountable and it makes me second guess. Okay, am I going to do that or no? Because I know he's watching me. So anyway, let's keep going because that's, that's just a lot right there. So verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So he was already there, but Gideon didn't see him because he hadn't appeared. So we don't know how long Jesus was sitting under that oak, but he was sitting there. So he finally decided to appear to Gideon. And he said, the Lord is with thee. Isn't that crazy? Because he is the Lord. But anyway, that's a whole different story. Okay. Thou mighty man of valor. He's calling Gideon by what he already knows he will be because the Lord tells us in the Bible, I want to say it's Isaiah 43 to 46. I believe it's somewhere in there in 43 to 46 um, chapter of Isaiah. He says he knows the end from the beginning. He already knows your end because remember he has an expected end for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. So he called him a mighty man of valor. That's how he greeted him. And what did Gideon say? This is, as far as I know, this is the only person I have seen talk smack to Jesus. Like he talked smack to Jesus before we, before he knew Jesus was Jesus. An angel of the Lord, all the other accounts, even in the New Testament, when an angel shows up, people fall on their face. They're scared. They're terrified. This guy is like, oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why all this stuff is happening to us? Why, why we got to go through this? What is happening? So you show up and you want to call me a mighty man of valor, but look at this situation here. This is messed up. Y'all got us in a chokehold down here. Y'all really have us like, where y'all at? That's exactly what Gideon is saying. I have never heard, I've never thought about that until I was reading it out loud. Like, wait a minute. He's straight up talking smack to Jesus. You know, I, this is why you got to read the message version too, because this is the King James. So I can only imagine what the message version says. I bet the message version is so ghetto. But anyway, 
another story for another day. And he said, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Doesn't it always seem like that when you don't hear from the Lord, when you're going through something that he just left you? He just left you high and dry. I'm just come. I'm coming out of a season of. Okay, I don't see the Lord, but but experience has taught me that when I don't see him, when I don't hear him, it doesn't mean that he's not there. The teacher is always quiet during the test. I know that sounds cliche, but that is so true. The teacher is always quiet during the test. He's trying to find out, do you, can you, do you, will you apply everything that you've been reading that Bible? Because I'm trying to find out if you really have the faith that you say you have. If you really have the hope that you say you have. If you really trust me the way you say you do, the way you proclaim on Facebook, social media apps and everything, the way you say you trust me and, and that um, you believe in me, that you love me. Will you do that? Will you continue to hold down that that talk as you walk? Will you, will you hold it down or are you going to fold? That's what he's, that's what he's trying to find out in those moments. And the only thing that you really can do in order to overcome whatever challenge that is, is to hold on to the word of God. I know it may seem like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? Because the Bible does say weeping may endure for a night and joy comes in the morning, but we don't ever know how long that night season is. And it's always the darkest before the dawn comes. But I promise you, one day, you're going to look back and go, wait a minute. I'm standing in the very thing that I fought so hard to get. When did that happen? It's going to be so hard for you to try to remember everything that you're going through. The Bible says, speaking about a woman who is in labor, the pain is excruciating for those moments, those hours that she's delivering that baby, but... Once the baby comes, she doesn't remember that pain anymore. Doesn't you're not going to remember that pain anymore. You're it's going to be hard for you to remember what it was like. And you know what? That's why we continue going through tests. All the way until the day we leave this earth, we're going to continue to go through tests because we forget the pain. We forget and we get comfortable. And we won't pray like we used to. We won't seek God's face like we used to. That's why we have to constantly go through tests and get challenged. So we can constantly remember, it's God who's bringing us through this. It's God who elevates us. He is the one who promotes us. He um, he, he sets one up and puts down another. Promotion does not come from the east, the west, or the south. But God is judge. So, yeah. Gideon is like straight up like talking trash to Jesus, you know, he's, I mean, and to be honest, I think we all do that at some point because we get frustrated and that's where he is. He's frustrated. He is so frustrated. So he's, and I love the way how the Bible, these great heroes of the faith, it shows they're still human. It, that comforts me because let me tell you something. If Moses was perfect, Ain't no way I'll be able to still walk in this thing. If I knew Moses was perfect after everything he went through, 
after everything he saw, he did no wrong. There's no way that would give me hope. Moses struggled. He had, first of all, he had a speech impediment. He tried to talk his way out of doing God's will for his life. Then he murdered somebody. First and foremost, he murdered somebody before he found God, murdered somebody. Then he, um, he was disobedient to God, which is what kept him out of the promised land. Like flawed up, but guess what? The Lord still used them. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you think you are, the Lord will still use you. He will still use you. Now you got to come out that stuff that you in, but you don't, you don't have to come out. You don't, you can't make yourself clean before you come to Jesus. You just can't. It's impossible because if you can make yourself clean. You can make yourself whole. Then why do you need Jesus? Just come to him as you are. <sighs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, 14 says the Lord looked upon him. Don't you love it when the Lord looks upon us? He looked upon Gideon. And I could just, in my sanctified imagination, I could just imagine Gideon just being so frustrated. It's like, look, our fathers told us you did this and you did this and this. and But where are you? You just left us high and dry. And Jesus just looked at him. I bet he looked on him with compassion. And he said, that's my, that's, he's mine. I call him for such a time as this. Like, she's the one. She's the one I need to do this right here. And I know she's tired. I know she's frustrated. I know she thinks that I've left her. But I haven't. I I can see. I see where she is. And I'm going to go where she is. You know, like, it's, it's awesome. Jesus is awesome. And he said, go in this thy might. Thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? I called you for such a time as this. Is what he told what um, Esther's uncle Mordecai told her. In the book of Esther. If you refuse to heed the call, don't think that the Lord isn't going to send salvation for us. Because he's going to send salvation for us, but you and your whole household will be cut off. Have you not been called to the kingdom for such a time as this? Woo, they gave me chills. And then Gideon says, and he said unto him, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? How am I going to do that? My family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. How am I supposed to be the CEO of a corporation. Nobody in my family has done that before. Nobody has ever done this before in my family. I haven't seen that being done. So how are you going to have me do it? See, that goes back to the title of today's podcast episode. You are more than you believe. And You have to know that. You have to know that you're more than what you believe. I know it's frustrating right now. I know you're tired. I know you feel like this could possibly be the rest of your life, but it won't. It won't be the rest of your life. 
And it's crazy because I I um have a friend and the first time I met this 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 man, um and I promise you he's just a friend, y'all. Don't don't do all that. But no, seriously, um it's you know, people gotta like orchestrate friendships and um people that need to be in your life for a specific time. And when I met him, it was like, I wasn't paying attention to him, you know, nothing like that. But he started talking to me, but it's like he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to my spirit. And he looked at me and he said, let me read some of your poetry. And I said, what poetry? He said, quit playing. I know you have poetry. You're a writer. You write poetry. I don't tell people I write poetry. I just do it in my own spare time. And up until that point, I hadn't written poetry in years. And I'm like, how do you know I write poetry? He said, let me read you. Let me read your stuff. What do you have? You know, after that conversation, I picked up the pen and started writing poetry. Most of it is on my phone. I typed it on my phone, but it's like it just started coming. It just started coming, like flowing, flowing, flowing. And so I just, I've been writing ever since. But it's been years since I've written something. But anyway, so just letting y'all know. I have a poem that goes with like this whole thing with Gideon. And I would have never, like I wrote this um, last month, February 6th, 2023. And it says... What are you doing here? Oh, the title of this poem is called Frustration. (laughs) Ironically, right? What are you doing here? You ask me. I don't know. You tell me, I reply. With tears in my eyes, I look to the sky. They say to look to the hills. My help comes from there. And you're the help. So why are you asking me? What are you doing here? You put me here next to a brook that is now dry. Where else do I have to go? You are the one I cannot run from. Not your spirit nor your presence. Everywhere I go, there is evidence. You have guided my feet. You have ordered my steps. Even when I'm out of step, you work all things out for me. Now you ask me the same as you did Elijah. No matter how much confirmation I stand in stagnation, waiting for the manifestation that would prove to be worth the anticipation of things not seen of substance of things hoped for. Because you set me here in expectation of the hope of things you promised. You're the promise keeper, but promises are best kept secret, it seems. Or are the promises playing hide and seek with me? This frustration is frustrating me, so I pick up this gift you've given me, and I serve you in this dismal place of my mind, but my mind is fixed on you. What am I doing here, you ask? Waiting on you, like I'm supposed to. So, we all have places where we are on our walk with the Lord, and some of them, like, we're in a season of peace. Some of them were in a season of chaos. Some of them were in a season of waiting, hoping. And no matter what season you're in, just know he is watching you. Just like he was watching Gideon in his frustration. He's watching you in your frustration. He's watching you in your despair. And he already has everything laid out for you. But like I said at the start of this podcast, the teacher always remains silent during the test. Don't just think of it as a cliche. Know that it is real. 
He is watching you to see how you're going to handle this situation. And the only way you can handle it is to give it back to him and trust in his word. I'm only speaking from experience. Just trust him and believe that what you're seeking is going to find you when you put your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. That's it for me today. Thank you for joining the podcast and y'all be blessed. Y'all have a blessed day. Pray, seek God in every single situation. Love y'all.